Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher. Welcome back to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. The title of this message is Tribulation. On the front end of this message, I want you to know that I'm really encouraged to know that many of you have been about more than just filling your heads with information, but that you are also doing the word. That is, healing the sick, raising the dead, setting the captives free by casting out demons. This is how we first serve the kingdom of God. How we allow God to continue to add to the church daily those who are being saved. In order that we make disciples at last. In order that even we become disciples. So that we can equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yep, it's the bride making herself ready. And I appreciate your responding to this ministry with such a zeal and a heart to know God at a deeper level, and out of that knowledge, to obey Him in all things. So now, wow, this is, and I gotta hear this message title, right? Let's form the basis. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Mark 13, 9. For in those days there will be tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. So Mark references the beginning, as in, since the beginning, but for a different reason other than the creation of all things by the word of God, who is Jesus and God. Yep, he compared the destruction of the beginning by the tribulation that will come which really signifies or supports rather that we are about to come into full circle. Oh, how we could do a message on circles as you see the roundness in so many things, but maybe later. So, but although I was working on a message titled Word, who was in, at, and even before the beginning of time and eternity, as I was reading this Mark sentence in that message, it stood out to me as I was about to begin working on the word message. So I did what anybody in my position would do. I split the message, and now I have two messages, one of them titled Word, and the other titled Tribulation. I call these Easter eggs as they are extra gifts of revelation handed to me, to us, by God. So we can surmise or deduce that creation, or rather the creation of creation, was gnarly, dude. And yes, Mark went on to say that from that time, the beginning, until now, wait, until now, Yes, that's what he said. Let us investigate in order to add some context to what is being said in this 29-word word. Let's decom tribulation, grievous trouble, severe trial or suffering, an instance of this, an affliction, trouble. So to add some history of what things cause tribulation, not is, but causes trib, based on its definition, we need only to Google disasters, To come up with a perspective, we will need to understand what is coming down the road, and what in fact is already here. Many of the following massive events are not necessarily what is defined as tribulation, but that these events are definitely the cause of tribulation. Why these factoidal stories can impact, listen, is to draw out an urgency. These people were, well, let's see what the Bible says. Matthew 24, 34, 40. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, 
so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. This scripture was true for these people, in that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.8 My source on these next disasters is LiveScience.com The severity of these events is ranked from least to worst, but who can really know, right? The first one is the A.D. 1138 Aleppo earthquake. On October 11, 1138, the ground under the Syrian city of Aleppo began to shake. The city sits on a confluence of the Arabian and African plates, making it prone to tremors. But this one was particularly violent. The magnitude of the quake is lost to time. But contemporary chroniclers report that the city citadel collapsed and houses crumbled across Aleppo. The resulting death toll is estimated to be around 230,000. The next one is the 2004 Indian Ocean earthquake and tsunami. It was a magnitude 9-1. It struck undersea off the west coast of Sumatra. The quake created a massive tsunami that killed approximately 230,000 people and displaced nearly 2 million people in 14 South Asian and East African countries. It was traveling as fast as 500 miles an hour, and it reached the land in about 20 minutes. After the quake hit, people had very little time to flee. The tsunami wave reached over 100 feet high. Damages were estimated to be about $10 billion. Then we have the 1976 Tangshan earthquake. This was a 7.8 earthquake. Tangshan is an industrial city with a population of about a million people. It had over 240,000 casualties. However, once you get past the idea that a lot of governments don't actually report the real number of deaths due to the potential of demoralizing those who have survived, they say that the actual number of people who died was more like 700,000. 85% of the buildings were destroyed. Then we have AD 526 Antioch earthquake. They think that about 250,000 people died in this earthquake. This was close to the Byzantine Empire, now Turkey and Syria. It says here, the Malayas attributed the disaster to the wrath of God and reported that fires destroyed everything in Antioch, that the earthquake did not. Looks like the medieval history journal stated that the death toll was higher than it would have been at other times of the year because the city was full of tourists. They were celebrating Ascension Day the Christian feast that commemorates Jesus' ascension into heaven. The 1920 Haiyun earthquake, stated as the largest earthquake recorded in China in the 20th century. It was a 7.8 on the Richter scale, although some say that it was actually an 8.5. Casualties was around 200,000 people. Some say it was actually more like 273,000. The next one was in 1839, the Karinga cyclone. Basically, the cyclone whipped up a storm of about 40 feet and created a storm surge. That surge destroyed about 20,000 ships and vessels and killed about 300,000 people. The Haiti earthquake in 2010, many of us remember this one. That was a 7.0 earthquake. It says that about 3 million people were affected and the death toll was near 230,000. Some say it was up to 316,000. The 1970 Bahola Cyclone, it was a Category 4, 130 miles an hour, 35-foot storm surge. 
and the death toll was up to 500,000 people, caused $86 billion in damages. You see a trend here? In the next one, we have 1556, the Shantai earthquake. It was in China, and it killed about 830,000 people. The magnitude was an 8.0. Think about this before I go on. These people were living life as normal. Nobody saw this or could have seen this coming. It's the same way today. 1887, Yellow River flood. This flood inundated 5,000 square miles. They say as many as 2 million people lost their lives. 1931, Yangtze River floods. This was caused by 24 inches of rain falling in one month alone. The floodwaters inundated about 70,000 square miles. It stated that the Yangtze looked like it was a giant lake or ocean. The death toll was around 2 million people. Some say it was actually more like 3.7 million people. 1900 Great Galveston Storm. This was in Texas. Got 140 mile an hour hurricane winds. Took out 3,600 houses and 600 businesses. The death toll was up to 8,000 people. Now, these are a little bit different than natural disasters. These are cholera, bubonic plague, smallpox, and influenza. They say that since these things have been in existence, up to 500 million people have died. HIV and AIDS, the death toll for that one disease is 36 million people. They say that it started around 1976. They say that there's still about 35 million people living with the disease. Okay, so that's a lot of death due to the unexpected. Not that we don't think these things happen, but it's just that we don't often believe that they will happen to us. Let's see if we weren't set free from the tribulation, shall we? I mean, it seems to me if I am free, I am free from those things, right? Nope. Jesus said above that in the world you will have tribulation. Let's see what Matthew says about it. Matthew 13:21. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he's talking about one of the soil types. So there you go. If you know it can happen, but don't expect it, then it can cause you to trip up when it suddenly shows up. Matthew 24, 7. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Okay, so these things have already happened and happened at times in large-scale events, causing massive tribulations. But this is not where I'm going. Stay with me. Luke 21:11, And there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Okay, so but Luke states great earthquakes. You know, like the 8.0 and up, right? Well, no. I think it depends on where the earthquake happens. But now let's look at Mark again. Mark 13:19. For in those days there will be tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. Hmm. His account of the end seems a little bit more dramatic than Matthew or Luke's account. And it is this that I'm focused on. Let's go to the book Jesus was the actual author of. Yes, the book of... Dun, dun, dun. Revelation. Revelation 11:13. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Okay, so but we have had earthquakes where more than 7,000 people died. 
and I'm not minimizing human loss at all, but there must be something in the Bible that chats about what Mark is saying. Now, I'm not talking about the moon and the star events, although those could be the events Luke was talking about when he said that there would be fearful signs and great signs from heaven. Now, wait, I found another one. Let's take a look. Revelation 16:18, And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings. Okay, so what? We had this in every thunderstorm, right? And there was a great earthquake. The bad news? It was great. The good news? It was one. Such a mighty and great earthquake. I don't like the sound of this. As had not occurred since men were on the earth. Hmm. Bam. This is not going to be a get under your desk and cover your head earthquake. This sounds like its offspring will set the world on fire. As we will be immobile and unable to move about. The Alaskan earthquake shifted the roads as much as 30 feet. This exceeds the 4x4 potentials that we have today. But wait, we cannot end on this note. But not because I'm looking for a butter scripture. Nope, but because I have not told you the point of this message. Let's go on to butter. Matthew 24, 21-22 For then, meaning when the end comes, there will be great tribulation. Okay, so Mark didn't say great, but... Such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Were Matthew and Mark at the same coffee shop when writing this stuff? And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. Hmm. You cannot shorten an earthquake, right? So this must be talking about other stuff that is stupider than the unexpected earthquake. I mean, like mankind must be involved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. We have our ending. Those days will be so bad that if God did not tell the giant clock in the sky to stop, we would be entirely wiped out, along with everything fleshy. So the strange thing about this is that many of you heard what I said and just continued on with your day like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do after I finish exercising today. But in truth, when you read this information and know that it's happening, it's almost like we have a default that says, it won't happen when I'm alive. And that's the same default that they had when Noah was building the ark. It took them over a hundred years to build that boat and nobody got the idea that, hey, wait, something's happening. First of all, the idea that he was that tenacious and stayed with the project that long has got to tell you that he was motivated by more than just going fishing. And yet there were only eight people that got on the boat. Eight people from the entire planet. As the end draws near, we're going to have to watch out who we listen to. The majority will not be right. That's usually the case every time. The majority of people who saw Jesus fought against him and in the end raised their hands to kill him. The majority. So now that was a journey. And are you not glad this is not included in the word message? You know, like I have a word for you message? How <laughs> about no to the point of this message? Yes to the point. Well, my thought is that every time I get a USGS alert that an earthquake has occurred somewhere on the planet, I think and wonder, are we one quake away from the big shake and bake? And why I would think about this is because I believe we are running out of time. If a few of us today, with all that is going right with the world, hardly share the gospel, then how rare will it be when three of the tectonic plates are turned upside down? We have little time to fulfill our mission these days. And I know us believers have been saying, the end is near, the end is near. In fact, every generation, 
including those walking with Jesus. And when this is finally wrapped up, they will all have been right, as we will see then just how short this season called time actually is compared to eternity. It will be too late to set the alarm clocks one hour early just so we can get up and pray. So yes, this is a sobering message, and most of us ins like to read fast when we see these in the Bible, you know, perhaps hoping that we will be with Christ before the continent bursts over one another. But, and I say, I only wrote this because it popped into my heart to do so. A warning from God? I don't know. But should it create a sense of urgency for us to be united and working towards our harmonious church and bride? I think so. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, seal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.